0: Hey Trippin fans, homage t-shirts are as ferocious as the dunks or bangouts Richard and Channing throw down from time to time, and their softness can't even be matched. Homage has been turning back the clock with throwback tees for years. From the NBA to the ultimate warrior, you know, the tea that LeBron wore on the plane after leading the Cavs to its first title the city had seen in over 50 years. Well, Homage tells the stories of triumph, individualism, and hustle, preserving the old school and creating new legacies. Go to homage.com, that's H-O-M-A-G-E, and pay homage with your favorite tea. Be sure to check out the NBA GM tees and one exclusively made for me and you. Better yet, three other teas designed specific to the road tripping fam you'll want to check out. We're road trippin' at homage.com. dot com. hey road tripping fam i know i know it's been a minute we feel it too lots of moving parts in this thing we call life so with all the change we had to figure out our lane and the perfect path to get us back to where we want to be you know that path that has you all laughing believing and loving every second of what we roll out so with that here we are cruising but to give you a quick update before we dive into today's episode here's the deal Richard Channing and myself, large in part because of all of you, wanted nothing more than to keep things happening, despite being literally all over the map. Which, major congrats, by the way, to Richard on his 17-year NBA career and his success thus far post-hoops life. Is anyone surprised? I didn't think so. Me either. Which, with all that said, Richard and I will be keeping things rolling from LA. In fact, we will be doing more than delivering you guys podcasts. How about a road-tripping show? Like on TV? Anyone? Yeah, it's already in the books. Episode 1 from L.A. coming soon. Stay tuned. From L.A., though, back east, Channing, Loving Life in the Land, is now joined by Cav's radio play-by-play, John Michael, who will keep you all entertained, per usual. I mean, if I could drop a kill-a-slay-a line right now, I would, but I'll leave that up to the man himself. And then the latest update that we are so excited to share with you now is on this exact platform, the hilarious, amazing duo from Portland former Buckeye, yes, Ohio, I get it, I feel you, Evan Turner and Trailblazer sideline reporter, who I adore and know you all will too, Brooke Olsendam have officially joined the fam. In fact, as we've learned listening to all of you, our fans, there's nothing more humanizing about road tripping than allowing professional athletes to get together to share their stories. And on this specific episode, the Portland duo will be reminding us all of how powerful that can really be. So before I throw it out their way, I just want to say again, thank you from all of us to all of you for loving us the way we all love you. We're so excited to ditch that road stop and be back in our lane road tripping. So hey, next week, Cleveland will be dropping an episode. But for now, let's send it out to Brooke, Evan, and their guest, Blazers guard Wade Baldwin. I promise you guys, you will laugh, you'll learn a little bit, and maybe even shed a few tears. Brooke, it's all yours, girl.
1: Thank you so much, Ally girl. This is our first, oh my gosh, I'm so excited. I can't even believe it. Our first road tripping. This is Brooke Dam and I'm with the one and only Evan Turner. When I found I was going to be doing this road tripping podcast, there really was only one ET. There's only one choice, in my opinion, who I wanted to do it with, and it was you. And I'm so, so excited that you said yes.
2: Oh, no, I appreciate it. When, when you asked me, I didn't, I didn't I wasn't really sure if it was a one thing or, like, <laughs> an ongoing thing. But I was like, I already said yes. And I can't like <laughs> <laughs> Brooke down. I was like, are you sure? I'm like, yeah. I just said <laughs> yeah, like, three times. And she comes up to me yesterday on a plane, like, are you still able to do it? I'm like, I just told you, like, 10 I'm not about to leave you hanging.
1: I know. But it's, like, one of those things where your time is very precious. And yeah. this, you know, this will be an hour around plus you know on the road and i know you have people probably in every city um, and you're tired yeah. so i just wanted to make sure you really meant it
2: yeah no for sure I'm, i i know i had on people's champs so i know i had like a duty <laughs> like people want to see me people want more of me and I, you know, I usually do, like, these Instagram live posts or Twitter, and every now and then I might hop on once every couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. And people are begging for it, you know what I'm saying? So <laughs> I, I understand I got I got a duty to really express my mind. So It's
1: your responsibility to No, people. no, it really
2: is, straight up. Like, I used to do what was terrible. Hopefully the NBA don't catch wind of this so they can ruin it.
1: <laughs> yes, I can't wait. And,
2: and put the shackles on us. But I used to have a, a Snapchat account. So every single day I would tell random stories about my day or I would make my own twists and everything like that. And then somebody from the lead started following me and just ruined it. And now I just can't even – I haven't been – you know what I'm saying? A lot of people who hit me up are like, yo, why don't you ever post anything on your story anymore? And it's like because I got to go commercial. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? they put the
1: kibosh on it? Or you just felt like you shouldn't do it
2: anymore? Yeah, I just felt like I shouldn't do it anymore because, like, whatever I think, I'm going to do or say, which is why sometimes I just try to – Stay inside, you know what I'm saying.
1: But you still are very open, and you bring people into your lives via well, Twitter also, but really with Instagram. Like I talked, even Coach Stotts, who you know, he yeah. has an account, and he, we don't know what yeah, it is. Yeah, I don't know
2: what it is neither, but he talks to me about it. About it the next he follows day. everything, yeah.
1: and I was we had a chalk talk at Buffalo Wild Wings with with Coach last week, two weeks ago, and I said have you ever coached anyone more entertaining or more hilarious than Evan Turner? And he said, no, I haven't. And he goes, you ch- do you follow him on social media? I was like, of course I do. He's like, it's very entertaining. Yeah. So even Coach thinks it's
2: entertaining. Uh, no, no, that makes me that makes me happy because sometimes I don't really do it to try to be like hella entertaining or whatever. I, I just do it because I'm a fly by the seat of my pants yes, type of individual. Are. Yeah, so I just, whatever feels right, I try to make sure I just, if I feel like doing it, I just say what I feel, I guess, and hopefully it doesn't get me in trouble. And luckily it hasn't.
1: Have you ever regretted posting anything?
2: No, I don't think so. No, I don't think so for the sake of just, like, I believe it's supposed to happen. Mm -hmm. It was already written. And honestly, I know this is cliche, but, like, you learn from it. Mm -hmm. So I guess, like, even though it sucks at the time, the best things I post that could be regretful. I learned a lot from it. Mm-hmm. Like uh, they say, make an ass out of yourself by assuming. Mm-hmm. I think I gained knowledge in a sense of I would hate to walk around ignorant or, or to be in the dark in a sense. So mm-hmm. a lot of times if I'm booyah or you can laugh at yourself. Absolutely. That's a funny part. But, oh, I actually do have a one. <laughs> so I messed around like when I was a rookie and this was just, the theme on my rookie year, just shit didn't go right. I um, I, I don't know what I was doing, but it was the anniversary of Biggie Smalls' death.
1: Yeah,
2: and I accidentally said happy birthday, and that Jeez. that went viral. So I remember Lou Williams being like, like, re, like, uh, quote and tweet like, really, E.T., really. So I just, I probably didn't look at my Twitter for like a week and a half. I was so embarrassed. I'm like, come on, Evan, like. You got to be like, that's when I felt like, I was like, man, for sure. I come off as corny, corny as hell because who don't know? Like, (laughs) but when people don't comprehend, I was running, moving all over the place. I didn't comprehend it. I'll tell myself in my head, like, yo, it's anniversary of his death, not his birthday. So don't get it mixed up. And what, what do I do? I'll get it mixed up. So
1: You didn't like put a cake or anything, like a cake emoji? No, no, no. This I'll... is
2: back in 2010, 2011. Oh, so and those emojis, right <laughs> you know, I don't know if the youth is listening, but emojis did not always exist. So
1: <laughs> I just saw Lou Williams last night here at the hotel.
2: Oh, did you? Mm-hmm. That's funny. That's my guy. We got the same birthday.
1: Oh, speaking of birthdays, how about that? You have the same birthday. Ooh, me and Lou will. You just told me that.
2: Oh, no, I thought you were talking about. I, I, yeah, I just said that. But I thought <laughs> you were saying we had the same birthday. I'm like, damn, you no, had a birthday? I
1: birth? you, you, you wished Vicky Smalls a happy birthday. Oh, yeah. I'm oh, saying it's shit. ironic that I, you both have the same I birthday. I don't always
2: follow the conversation <laughs> around the corner. But yeah, no, I see where you pulled that from. Yeah, absolutely. Me and Lou Williams have the same birthday. He's a Scorpio, as am I. And uh, every year, I always, you know, he's my vet. So every year, I always try to make sure I. Give him an a honorable post because Lou Williams is like a modern-day legend, for real, for real.
1: What, what kind of guy is he?
2: A great, just a great individual, mm-hmm. I think. Besides who, what he's been known for, he, he's a legit person. I know for mm-hmm. sure he's always been there for me when, when I need him. He's always gone outside himself to, even when, even when it might not seem as though anybody knows what you're going through, he's always making sure. Yeah making sure you're okay. When I would get into certain situations, he would take it upon himself like it happened to him. You know oh, what I'm saying? Yeah. So I always thought that was dope about him. I mean, he's a cool, it's a cool. I've never seen him in like an uncool situation. Mm-hmm. I think he always tries to uh, smile in a sense. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and one thing, you know, just being around him is just, it's just guidelines. Um, Which also helped me become like, uh, you know, just become more sincere in like the relationships I built. Mm-hmm. Cause a lot of times you see NBA players, they. They hang out with each other because they see each other on whatever, and it's like, oh, this might be a cool Instagram picture, and this might be dope. And it's like, nah, like you're d- tight with who you're tight with right. because that's family. That's who you can trust at the end of the day. You know what I'm saying? A lot of dudes get new friends coming into the league, and you know what I'm saying? I- I've-, I've had the same friends, if you watch, since I was 14.
1: How, well, you've – and that kind of made me think of, of this. You've played on a significant amount of teams, and you've left a mark because every time we play – a team that you have played for—it's like the circus comes to town. Like everyone's like, "Oh, et, et," yeah, and they all um, gotta talk to you. They all gotta hug you. They all gotta, t- you know, tell you a story about when you were there. I mean, that—that that says something about you, though, that that nah. you, you've left your mark.
2: Yeah, I guess so um, no, that's a blessing. I don't take that for granted. I guess, uh, you know, obviously everything's bigger than basketball. And I think as I've gotten older, I appreciate it. I I appreciate that statement because usually when it comes down to it, when you're younger, all you care about is basketball. But I was fortunate enough to build great relationships with people. And uh, fortunate enough to do a lot of great things and build bonds where, you know, when you look back on it, there's moments paused in history or mm-hmm. whatever where you're like, I wouldn't trade this for anything in the world. Sure. And that that means a lot. And I think uh I guess when at the end of the day when it comes down to it, that's like that's what they tell about you when you're gone. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I feel like that's that's the next step, in the legacy, my own makeshift makeshift legacy. Absolutely. You know what
1: I'm yeah. Well, people might not know this, or Blazers fans might not know this, but I met you back when we were in Indiana. Yeah. When I was the sideline reporter there, and you came oh, yeah. for my last year, and then since then, you know, obviously I cover you now, yeah. and we have kind of a funny. I, I don't know, like weird things happen to you, oh, yeah, no. and weird things happen to me, and one time a weird thing happened to us both, and it's Outside yeah, of it. yeah, it's like my favorite story. I'll start it, and then you got to pick up yeah. where where you came okay, in. But- so we left the practice facility. I left because I leave earlier than you, like it. Yeah. You, you stay at the locker in the locker room for a while or PF, and I'm driving back downtown, which. I lived then and you live downtown which well, there's another story we'll get to yeah. your house later oh, yeah. but uh, so i'm driving on the freeway and all of a sudden i see this car in front of me the car in front of the car in front of me lose control turn around and literally a head-on collision on the freeway H- huge wreck so i pull off and i go in and one of the the, the girl that was in the car the airbag had gone off she was in a daze she was out of sorts definitely out of it definitely out of it so I'm trying to talk her down and be like okay you're okay and I've got 911 on the phone trying to get her to stay she doesn't she wants to get up because she's scared and she I don't know she didn't want to stay in her in her her place in her car and so all of a sudden while I'm dealing with all of this I hear you need some help and I look over and there you are in your in your all's rights no yeah
2: that was funny um no so when I was driving home I remember that and I was like it was traffic. I was yeah. like, damn, traffic again. So I was pretty pissed. And then I was like, so obviously, like everybody else, you look at the the accident. So I'm like, w- which morons did this? Like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, so I look over. I see it's Brooks. So I'm like, oh my gosh! If I see her talking. I see her talking to, you know, a guy or whatever. So I'm like, well, at least let me get out and make sure she's okay. You just never know. Some people just, some people just don't have, you know, just don't know how to settle things the right way so I was just making sure like hey is everything okay so at least if you know somebody tries to beat you up I can help a little bit you know <laughs> so she's like no I wasn't in an accident she tells me who's was in an accident so I'm like well well I already got out the car so I just can't be like all right I'll see you later so <laughs> so Brooke was really the superhero with it and um you know obviously the woman that she's mentioning was shook up a little bit so we just got her in a car got, she got the semi my car and we just waited till the ambulance mm-hmm. came along with the the, yep. the what the police officers yeah, or whoever DL, else DLT. yeah because you know Portland only has two-lane highways so <laughs> it was like that so we just uh, we just talked to make sure she was okay and then Brooke was like you know we were sitting next to, and the lady, and she told her, and she's like, "Well, my my dad loves the Blazers, like, like you know what I'm saying." So she came back, came back to life, and um, she I, came back to life. <laughs> obviously, she did though. Actually, yeah, that really brought yeah, her back yeah, to she life. She really did. It's, it's probably the thought of her dad, probably. Yeah. And then um, when it came down to it, you know, it, it's it all worked out well. She came to the game the next night, and we, uh, I got more credit than I should have because Brooke legitimately did a bulk of the work like you know what i'm saying like where i grew up at like if, if a car's on the side of the road or they fake you know or, or it's like a car stranded that's, that's just set up for a robbery you know what i'm saying <laughs> so it's like no nah, uh-uh you better Bye. call triple a or, or uber uber is available but i will not be getting out this vehicle solo but no that was that was a crazy that was a that was a crazy incident but it was great because it could have been 10 times worse Absolutely. than people Survive, most importantly. Yeah, so, everyone that, was okay. Yeah, that was that was that was a blessing for sure.
1: My favorite part of the next, so then that became like big time news yeah, in Portland. And like all the local TV stations did a story on it, and, and I believe it was Freeman wrote a story on it. Yeah. Anyways, my favorite quote that you said was like, "Well, I kind of have a, like a recognizable car, so I didn't want to look like a real jerk yeah, driving yeah. by." <laughs> Brooks, like, I know that. <laughs> no, of course, like, yeah, that her? was another thing. <laughs> so
2: I also thought, like, damn, it's Brooke like you know. So I kept going. And like Brooke's in trouble, and she knows what type of car I drive, and I'm just like, like just looking straight yeah, ahead. Like, I don't
1: see you. Yeah, that that'd,
2: that'd be so rude and so disrespectful. <laughs> so I was like, damn, I definitely got to pull over now. Like you know what I'm saying? That would have been that would have been horrible. A flat. T- I would have been I would have been emotionally hurt. I would have <laughs> been pissed. So I definitely couldn't. I guess it was just life. Life came full sur- surface. Yeah, I, and
1: then she was yeah, Like you're right. It was most important. Everyone was okay, but I'll never forget just hearing that. And then remember those kids drove by.
2: Oh yeah. yeah oh yeah. yeah. And
1: then so I was in full like freak out mode. I don't handle stress well when it comes yeah. to stuff like that. You were very calm. I was like trying to like keep her in her seat on the phone nine one and then this 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 van drives by full of teenage kids like it's seven turner and i was like just drive <laughs> yeah, just drive, i was like, like well, yelling Brooke, at them
2: i, yeah, I was kind of why well, i didn't hit anybody but <laughs> no, no. I, like, uh, I was like so concerned about she's like, like no pictures i like already right, tell a kid <laughs> yeah. not to use her phone and then
1: the picture like five minutes <laughs> yeah. later was on twitter with uh, me going like no like screaming uh, yeah, at this kid uh, like because i wasn't sure she was okay yet and i was yeah, like this no, isn't a time for pictures yeah, yeah,
2: no i remember that that was actually it was all a funny a funny day but worked out worked out perfectly and you're a good samaritan you're Oh. raised well thank you, know you. What I'm i'll saying? tell my because, mom and daddy yeah because it's like eight thousand cars that just oh, kept, yeah. on, just they kept, kept going. on trucking i could have been one of those too you You're know the what i'm only one.
1: well we have a guest coming on very soon but before wade baldwin the fourth who i see over there thank the you for fourth. coming friend um before we get to that real quick not you've had many a story about cars for yeah. some reason the one when you, were you in philly when you ran out of gas oh no was I was
2: playing for Philly, but I was in Columbus, Ohio, and oh, okay. I ran out of gas. I didn't really—I don't like stopping for gas, obviously—and I didn't know the car. I was driving one, a new car or whatever. And um, to my defense, the gas tank said like a quarter <laughs> tank, but in certain type of cars, I guess they—I've learned that they run differently. So I, I i remember the girl I was dating at the time. She's like, "You need to stop me at gas," and you know what I mean, like don't tell me my business devil woman like you know what i'm saying like bro i know my car like okay i'm i know my car so so take it easy that's it i know that bad boy just asking my best friends call me right now you could tell it fun, funnier he was there so that, that bad boy just got pulled over man i was in the middle, middle of the highway like a true true idiot because i spent however much money on a car i didn't want to stop and get forty dollars worth of gas I, rem, I remember i remember Joking around Because my buddies Came and brought me gas Actually he came And brought me gas The guy FaceTiming me Right now That's so funny He came and brought me gas And my buddy PJ Hill Was taking a video of it And I'm kind of like Well nobody falls, PJ How bad could it be yeah. like, You know what I'm saying So I'm like joking around And then next thing you know Like legit An hour later It goes viral Yeah And then uh I remember my mom was pissed Like she was <laughs> like, she was, pissed. she was like You think that's funny Like you think anything You were doing was funny like, like you know what I'm saying Like, like you're out there like, come on, you have to do better. And I just remember, like, Mom, who would have thought people would have followed P.J. Yeah, Hill like yeah. that? Like, you know what I'm saying? It went viral. It was just, it's just a slow day in sports overall.
0: What's up, Road Trippin' fans? As we all know, RJ and Channing may technically not be on the same team anymore, but whether they like it or not, they'll always be looked at as either an old married couple or teammates for life. If not for their unique bond, we wouldn't have been able to start Road Trippin' and expand the show to what it is now. Uninterrupted and State Farm have gotten together to bring you the sixth sense where NBA teammates like Stanley Johnson and Andre Drummond show how they get each other like no other, the way RJ and Channing do here on Road Trippin'. Check out the sixth sense with Johnson, Drummond, and other NBA teammates on youtube.com backslash uninterrupted. And maybe you can get a teammate off the court that gets you too. So
1: before we get to our guest, yeah. and I, we still even have more car stories we can get to at a later date oh well this
2: guest has some good stories for you naturally well
1: I cannot wait I know you can't either but before we can't wait wait to weigh the fourth uh just kind of give us a glimpse I mean I I'm I'm around you guys a lot so I I have an opinion I I I know the chemistry I guess that is in the locker room but for those who who don't get to see it like I do just what's this group like when you talk about chemistry and I see it every day but it must be kind of fun
2: no it's a fun group I think we have uh I think we have a lot of great personalities. Obviously, we have a group of comfortable individuals, mm-hmm. at least for um, a better assortment and mixture of of personalities and of opinions and, and things like that. So, you know, we might stick around a locker room and talk about whatever, mm-hmm. whatever, as little as it could be. It could be the situation with the Warriors the other night, or it could be something—a difference in between old-school movies, like yeah. you know what I'm saying, yeah. or the talk of us all dressing up as Halloween you that know what I'm my for, favorite thing
1: ever we gotta go. Halloween
2: to that. and trying to figure out you know what I'm saying who's gonna be what and you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. so I, I think uh, I think the locker room everything is a positive atmosphere uh, between the coaches you know staff people that work for us and stuff I think uh the whole theme of it is just respect and, you know what I'm saying, just making sure you, you know, you, you keep it healthy, you keep it light, and, you know, you have fun while doing it. So I think that's, that's been a, a huge uh, thing in our locker room. It's really farewell for our chemistry and our camaraderie.
1: Yeah, I see it. I see it every day. I totally agree. Should yeah. we bring in
2: Mr. Let's, Wade? Let's bring in the legend. Come on, buddy. The legendary mind.
1: The legendary mind. I that's a lot of the pressure. see trending
2: topics forming.
1: So you just described our guest. Wade Baldwin IV as a legendary mind. Hello, Wade. Thanks for joining us. How you doing? Um, I'm good. I'm really great. Thanks for asking. Wait, really? Just explain to us uh, why Wade is a legendary mind. Et he,
2: he thinks uh, he thinks outside the box. <laughs> uh-huh. I mean, if everybody's going left, Wade is definitely thinking right, and he's going further right, and uh, he's unap- unapologetically himself. Ooh. which is some people might not like it, but I definitely appreciate it because you are who you are. You rather uh, the saying goes, I would rather be hate it for who I am and mm-hmm. love for who I'm not. So totally. I always think that's uh, – I always take admiration towards those people. So besides that, mm-hmm. he has a lot of off-the-wall thoughts and <laughs> <the> topics <laughs> that he brings up that usually causes people to leave the locker room and <laughs> leave the <laughs> locker room shaking their head. Like And it's like, well, you should hear what Wade said today. Like You know what I'm saying? But
1: So, Wade, uh, would you consider yourself an oddball?
3: What I like to do, I kind of just mix things up. I kind of say things to see the reaction of people. So I'll be like, when Kyrie said the earth was flat. I was flat, just going to ask you, do you, you think know what the I was flat? I'll be like, yeah. <laughs> but like, I don't really think it is, but I'll just, you know, fight. You're in an defense. antagonist. I'm not trying to be mean about it. Yeah, I'm just true. like, you know, let's have this conversation because I want to hear what y'all really have to say. Mm-hmm. But I'll stick on one side the whole time and uh-huh. argue for that side while everybody else is against it. Wow. So, that's I mean, cool. I'll try to play devil's advocate for a lot of conversations damn near every
2: conversation <laughs>
1: <laughs> like what's a recent one you can think oh, we were of we're
2: talking about the Jordan so this is what we said what was the yeah. conversation we we're like if, if the Bulls played versus Shaq and Kobe's Lakers mm-hmm. we said all right because I said because it's MJ I would never go against MJ mm-hmm. but I said if anybody had a chance to really match the dominance it would be Shaquille O'Neal right. because I mean, can you remember Shaq, she was 31 and 17. Right. Like, you know what I'm saying? And then Kobe was giving you 26, 6 and 5. That's as a 21 year old at the time. Mm-hmm. So when it comes down to yeah. it, you know what I'm saying? That I team, do. That team was pretty dominant. It's, and then he didn't believe. No, no, I was with the Bulls. You were arguing. No, you said the Lakers, that duo was not better than. Who did you say? Did you say I the said the I ori-
3: said the original Lakers team, like Magic, Kareem. That team is better than the Shaq and Kobe. That's what he's Laker team to me
2: I just don't. I don't know, man. I just don't see it. And then I, I, I don't know. But basically, we went in one big circle. And as you can see, I don't even remember what the argument was because <laughs> he took it away from the two topics yeah. and then said, "You got my opinion. Like, ain't nobody asked you that shit." All right, <laughs> <laughs> stay on topic. And then the next thing you know, it's just I didn't get home till four thirty that day, and that was basically a light day. I was supposed to be home yeah, at one. Were,
3: everybody was against Jordan and.
2: I wasn't MJ, Jordan, I was not For no, the majority of the group uh, That was in there Michael I wasn't
3: They said It's going to game seven I said it's not going to game seven but never They have Michael Jordan seven. On their team He's never been to a game seven I don't care who it is Look at you It's who, it is, it's who he is At that point I think it should be Conversation over yeah. Because I think Michael Jordan Has gained the respect Of every basketball player Who's ever decided To dribble a ball Professionally Collegially Or amateurly It just is what it is And these dudes up in here Saying you know Lakers Shaq and Kobe Are going to beat them Mm -hmm. I just can't have that
1: so did you really you really believe that or were you just trying to have an opinion that different no I actually did believe that one
3: and I'm not even I don't I'll go on record and say I don't think Michael Jordan is the best player to ever play what I'll I'll say that mic drop yeah see that's that's something that some will get mad
2: about I'm mad I I think I'm mad so who do you think was the best player other than Evan Turner obviously that goes without saying don't even put me in there I think (laughs) Kareem
3: is okay yeah okay I think he is and then I think it's just between Jordan and LeBron. And Really? You know, I'm not going to get into that cuz I you This know, is the low. place to do it. I said who was number 1.
1: Okay, okay.
3: You know, I'm not going any further than that. So who do you think's better now, LeBron or Jordan? I personally like LeBron.
1: Oh my gosh.
3: I personally think LeBron better. I get better. it.
1: I get it. You yeah, I that's get what
3: I'm it. Saying. But, you know. Why though? Tell me. Why? Why, why, why though? When I think of, when I think of basketball, right? I think of it's not just about scoring or defending. Like, bring up the
2: '88 season, MJ,
3: please. Leave (laughs) me those stats. But look, LeBron. LeBron. LeBron, There's nothing on throughout the course of LeBron's career. There's nothing on the court he's not been able to do. He's been able to rebound, assist, score, defend. He's done all aspects of the game, and I think better than Michael Jordan did all the aspects of the game.
2: MJ averaged 3.2 steals one season. I get that's that's defense. You know how hard it is to steal the ball. But what about but pros. what about rebounding, blocking? So what was it, what was his assisting? Down? What did he struggle you know, with?
1: You, you're saying assisting? I think
3: he's a master of kind of every stat you can go down. Maybe you can get into percentages did you see and all the, that. But. The 88 stats. Let me read this. Okay, these we got ADA we're pulling up the stats. stats.
1: We got the we got the laptop. Mm. Go ahead, ET, read them.
2: So MJ shot 53 <laughs> percent from the floor. My man also averaged thirty five. If I can say no, if I can say it's go. a tie
3: if I can say it's a tie, I would. He he aver- specifically, ties, <laughs> I've never seen Michael Jordan play. Bruh, I've only seen LeBron play. Bruh, M- so I'm gonna say LeBron. Okay. Wait, M- that's M- what I mean. That's M- what I mean. Listen
2: to me. <laughs> so, because I understand you make your, your point. Okay, go ahead. Of course, but I just don't want you to walk around here,
0: uninformed. Yeah, uninformed.
2: I, I'm, so in eighty eight all right, eighty eight he averaged thirty-five points, six assists, five and a half rebounds. <laughs> 3.2 stills, 1.6 blocks, and he won defensive player of the year as a what? A guard. Mm-hmm. So, 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 please respond. <laughs> like, respond. Like, so. That's, for, that's for a season. And 53% from the field.
3: No, that's for a season. You're right. I'm not going to go stat for stat with you. I just think in my brain, since all the people that I've seen
2: right, so in my age group, I was born in 96.
3: I only knew basketball. Kind of when LeBron and that O three class came in, so that's kind of when basketball my mind. I forgot you a young punk. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I didn't see Jordan. All I see is highlights. But of you Jordan still
1: think, for, but you still know this enough. That he's I just think Kareem is so yeah. much higher oh,
3: no, okay. in all the other cat and like no, in I mean, scoring and his dominance is just like.
2: No, but at the end of the day, no, I, I did. You Kareem's been dominant since he was a, since he was. Uh, high school, a high schooler, and mm-hmm. then he goes to college. They changed the rules for him, mm-hmm. it still didn't matter. He went, what he went, three three college player years, three, whatever. Mm-hmm. Then he won five titles, the all time leader in points. points Hella like blocks, steals, assists, all that good stuff. Played like 20 years. Mm-hmm. Definitely, I can understand what you're saying at a at a very high level. But I don't know. MJ is just a great one, man. I, I only really understand. He's no, like he a is. superhero. He's just like a superhero. He, so he you you
1: believe that Michael's the best ever?
2: I think he's the greatest ever, for sure. But I can see statistically, mm-hmm. uh, it could be very, very close. I could come off as if I mis- I, can I said come this, off as misinformed. I said, and it could be Kareem. That's the problem.
3: They like to isolate me out of out of things. And I said <laughs> it's either LeBron or Jordan. It's it's really a tie for me. And the only reason I'm saying LeBron yeah. is because it's what I've seen with my two eyes. Okay. I never saw a Jordan play. Yes, okay. I get it. So I'm young, and I'm going to go with LeBron.
1: It's your it's your gut But feeling. if I'm
3: sitting here arguing and you're going to quote me, I think it's really a tie. Okay. I don't really know.
2: So is LeBron that one person when you hit the floor? You were like, this is who. Like, who did you want to play against the most when you stepped into a league? I wanted to play against Russell Westbrook the most. Yeah? I really wow. like
3: I just – that was my favorite player when I was in college. Leading up to that, it was Dwayne Wade. So I wanted to play against D-Wade, but he kind of – You know, he wasn't the same D Wade as he was. See, when we played him the other day, he was. He He was was the other day. (laughs) I was looking at my child, I was trying to go out there and get a little lick at him, but, you know, that didn't happen. Yeah. But definitely, I was really excited to play against Westbrook. I've just watched a lot of him when I was in college, Mm -hmm. trying to, you know, emulate kind of the same things that he did or what he does. And I
1: can see that. I can see that. I wanted to, you know,
2: it's just fire versus fire for me. Have you talked to
1: him? Have you ever had a conversation? I'm sure you have.
2: Russ, you know, I had a conversation with Russ a couple times. Russ is a really nice guy, actually, so I really enjoy Russ. So he was uh, always respected what type of competitor he was. Mm -hmm. I respected, you know, what the triple-double season was pretty crazy with the 30 points. That was unreal. And obviously how he just kept progressing. I think he had, like, a lot of doubters, especially during the KD era Mm -hmm. where sometimes, you know, KD, his greatness, people... Always wanted, you know, KD with the ball, and Russ would step up and still hit big shots and do, and do a lot of great things. So I always definitely respect how Russ played. He played the game with tenacity. So
1: you just brought up KD, and uh, recently the Warriors obviously going through some stuff with KD and Draymond Green getting the suspension. I, I just they're they're tight. Like we were talking about this as a group with all the people here that that we're working with, and there we got some Warriors fans in the room, and uh, they said that they're both they're very tight in real life their moms are friends this is just something where they, they probably do it all the time in practice and it just happened to be caught on tv in a game is that can you can you buy that or yeah no,
2: i don't know shoot everybody has different relationships so like you got a different relationship i really don't know like yeah. if that's what happened that's that's what happened i didn't i saw like the aftermath of it and everything and maybe just tempers flare where it just went overboard and that, that can also happen too especially when when you're around somebody 24-7 sure. and you know what I'm saying and you know not even egos lie, but you know there's certain moments in the heat, thick of things where you will want that moment back yeah or w- want those words back and you know when you got two great basketball players and you know two men you know sometimes they might not like what they hear it could mm-hmm. you know be 10 times worse and and I think that was just a bad 20 seconds him yeah. um, that trickled over.
1: Yeah. I mean, do you – Wade, I know you're kind of early in your career in the NBA, but you've played for a long time. Like, is it just sometimes competitiveness gets to you? And, I mean, have you ever kind of – not lost it, but have you ever kind of let your emotions fly in the moment during a game against a teammate? Or or, or I guess has it happened to you?
3: Um, I don't think I've necessarily, uh, like, attacked a teammate like, like that. I think I've kind of been emotional in terms of I believe you can – be better than what you're showing at the yeah. current moment but as far as them two, I, I don't know I, mean, I, I feel like I have no place to comment on sure what you know what happens with them yeah. I kind of just focus on me and what I got with this team yeah
1: and let's talk about what you got with this team I mean well, well so we've talked about how what Evan thinks about you your mind your, mm-hmm. your mind is beautiful what about I mean obviously Evan has a beautiful mind as well but what else can he tell us about ET that we don't know
3: he definitely thinks differently too mm-hmm. and I think that he expresses that and um if anything's on his mind or feelings that he has or elephant in the room type situations yes you know he he's the one yes. that's going to bring it out that's his personality and everybody enjoys it he's a goofball of the team <laughs> and you know we know when he's serious and mm-hmm. we know when he's playing around and it, you know you always need a guy you know like totally. that in your in your locker room to kind of ease you know, any tension between people. There mm-hmm. was a fight, there's never been since I've been here. No, you
1: guys all Nobody argues other.
3: with each other, but I think if there was, I think he would try to mediate it in a humorous way. That is and so true. And it was true. just like why are you even arguing? Is there <laughs> even a point like we just beat this team or like by three or mm-hmm. we lost to this team like so what? There's like another fifty games you have to play, like what is y'all arguing about? That's like a really what, good like, ET impression. Yeah, he'll just like <laughs> keep going on that on that topic so it'll turn into him lecturing humor yeah it would just def- diffuse the entire situation anyways
2: so
1: that is so true yeah. Have you always been I mean where did the no. humor come from
2: Honestly my like I said, my family's very, very funny. So if you like went around my family, I'm not really my family doesn't even laugh at me for real. Like my brother's really funny. My aunts and all of them are pretty I met funny. your
1: aunts, remember I met them last yeah, year. They yeah. are very funny.
2: Yeah, they're very uh humorous. So we just always grew up, uh you know, when you when you hit like the high school age and stuff like that where you wanna be cool and like laugh. It's not cool like my aunts or my you know what I'm saying, like My family used to be like, yo, you might as well cut that out. Like, that's not how the family is. Like, you need to be yourself. Like, stop trying to be cool. So Mm -hmm. as I got older and everything else like that, I just, I I can't even hang out with people that come off as, like, cool. You know what I'm saying? Like, I I date people that are themselves. Like, you know what I'm saying? And, Mm -hmm. you know, there's enough craziness that goes on. So I I, I try to make sure the environment I'm in is is a positive environment Mm -hmm. just for the sake of my own mental you know, it's in my own mental yes. capacity so I can think glass half full as opposed to glass, you know, glass half empty type yeah. situation. So that's that's really what what it comes from. I really just if I think of something negative. I try to hurry up and shake it out of my head and try mm-hmm. to hurry up and flip it with a positive thought.
1: When you were, you just made me think of something. When you, I remember it, like when we were all in high school, it was all about being cool, right? Yeah. Like what was like one thing you did to try to be cool that you're like, I cannot believe I did that.
2: I, was, I mean, thinking about the clothes, I'm mean, <laughs> size 34, I wore 42. Yeah. <laughs> My t-shirt was 5X. Yeah, I think you just get caught up in doing
3: like yeah. what else, what yeah, is supposed to be cool. Totally. You want to replicate that. So yes. it's like I saw somebody, and you could be in a basketball game, and you hit a shot, or you win. Then you see somebody go up to the scores table and, you know, throw their arms out. And then you're like, that's cool to do, so I'm yeah. going to do it. Like, yeah. That's kind of how I was in in high school. And yeah. then by the time I got to college and older, I started being myself mm-hmm. more than who I had to be. Totally. Kind of situation. So.
2: Yeah, but I never, yeah, no, same way. But I never, I mean, I went to all boys school. So, like, oh, that's
3: right.
1: you yeah, Saint
2: the so too. Up until my junior year. too. St. Joe's, yeah. yeah. Up until, up until yeah. like, uh, my junior year it was nobody to be cool for. Like, yeah. like you know what I'm saying? Like, no. it was, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it wasn't like there was girls. No. So it wasn't anybody to be cool for. And, you know, by the time I hit, like, 17 or whatever, I mean, it just wasn't natural. So I just yeah. I was just trying to be myself, which, yeah. you know, eventually is what you should always be. So when it came down to it, I, you know, I used to just try to stick to the basics, you know what I'm saying? Because yeah. I didn't have anything else to really make me come off as like swagged out or, yeah. you know, all the other cool stuff. My, and when I would come home and, act like that my mom would be like hey, you know what I'm saying yeah Boy, if you don't they kept stop, you in check yeah, yeah I would get you know my mom would still whoop me like, you know what I'm saying <laughs> so like if I came home with any type of lingo or like I come in and try to like speak a certain type of way she'd be like yo not in this house like you know what I'm saying yes, so you know, my, I wasn't my, I wasn't allowed to be cool, so I was able to take care of myself. That's basically what I heard Shane said. So. Now
1: you're super cool. How did you guys meet girls? How did you, like, hang out with girls in high school?
2: Oh, no, I wasn't allowed to have no girlfriend, neither, for real, for real. But, I mean, by the time I hit, at St. Joe's, you basically, this sounds so weird, but it's not. You basically put the thought of women outside your head. like I was, Seriously. And my, mom's, my mom, for one, wasn't, she said, you can't have a girlfriend because you don't have no money to have a girlfriend. <laughs> I'm not paying for dates. That was for sure. <laughs> So I was like, oh, I guess that's the point. Then <laughs> then I had to come, like, I could either hoop or I had to go right home. So I didn't have, like, room to just go over, like, I don't know. No way. So, like, they just were not in your mind. You didn't? No, I mean, I didn't have, how was I going to get there, take the bus to their house? Like, I didn't have a car. Like, you know what I'm saying? So then when it came down to it, like, I didn't have, like, a cell phone or anything. Yeah. Like, so... When it broke it down or whatever like during that time i time my junior year hit and went co-ed like i was hella hyped to go co-ed but i was hella nervous because i was like damn i haven't no
1: experience talking yeah, to girls yeah, yeah
2: no real experience and then like when it came down to it it's just like hella weird i think i put too much since it just it, it just took me back to like you no, know, you go to like a mixer like a school yeah, dance yeah. Like, type mixer, whatever it, yeah. like took you back to like standing against the wall type of thing so you know, back then I was I was no for real. Like that <laughs> No I'm saying it's back then I was hella shy, like hella quiet and stuff in a sense around people I didn't know. When people were hype about that, I was like, Oh gosh, like now I gotta deal with this shit. Like, you know so what I'm saying? Funny. But then eventually <laughs> it, you would never guess. But then but then like once I started like getting comfortable, like with, with any new situation, it takes me a while to warm up, sure. and as you may very well know. Mm-hmm. So by the time I hit like my junior year, like going on my senior year, I got a girlfriend, but I like, was still so focused on you know, my, my mom and everybody was like, had me focus on reaching my goals, going mm-hmm. to college. You know, I really wanted to hit the league and all that stuff. Yeah. So, you're focused? I, yeah, I didn't have, you know, all my time was taking up with basketball and school and stuff. So, I didn't really have time or, once again, money or mm-hmm. I was taking a bus. So, like in Chicago, a girl lives mm-hmm. wherever. You know what I'm saying? That's a two-hour bus ride sometimes. Do I really
1: like her that much to take yeah, a two-hour bus Yeah, Yeah, yeah.
2: So, you know, even <laughs> yeah, even through college, I was mostly focused on getting to – I was, I really wanted to make it to the NBA. Mm-hmm. So, like, I didn't mind, you know, it's taking – It's a good thing. Yeah, for sure. And then back then I was too emotional to deal <laughs> with women too. I was the uh, exact opposite. I was going to say, I yeah. have a feeling weighted to I, I, I was, was a 90s kid. I was 80s. So, you know what I'm saying? I was Were you opposite. girl crazy?
3: Uh, I've never been really girl crazy. I just – I went to a co-ed school for freshman and sophomore year. Oh, okay. And you get caught up in that um, the dramatics of it. Yeah. Um, This group only messes with this group, and Mm -hmm. these guys don't finish with this guy. And it was tough for me as well because I always was playing AAU the Mm -hmm. entire summer where all the kids at my school would be hanging out doing lacrosse camp or football Mm -hmm. camp or basketball camp, whatever it may be. And I would never be there to do that. I Mm -hmm. was always traveling on the road. By the time I went to an all-boys school, there was no girls, but there was all the other schools you got to choose from. Yeah, And we I went to a school that it was predominantly us five basketball players that all went D1 that were kind of the talk of the state.
0: Yeah,
3: And everybody kind of knew who we were. Mm-hmm. So it gave me, you know, different schools yeah. that I never had to deal with any of the drama. I was just going to school 15 minutes there, 15 minutes there. And that's how yeah. the girls and all that came Does about. Did you have a car? yeah the car. so you were able to
2: make i was them them and stuff yeah worst kind of worst you go to mcdonald's in a car listen to radio or something you know what i'm yes. saying i couldn't get a girl <laughs> you to i couldn't get a girl to come hang out on the bus stop with me yeah, well no. see
1: i remember when i was in high school that you would go to the mall you go to the mall and you walk that. around and you like you kids like boys from other schools would be at the mall and you knew that and then you'd all meet in the food court and that's when you decide who you liked
2: yeah, but you had to walk quick. up and talk to him I was <laughs> not about that. I was, I was like, all about walking. No, and talking. I was like, man, forget it. Whoever like I want to, whoever like me, I like them. So like, I'll take. I don't even like my friends want the bat I'll take the one in the back. Like, forget it. I, like, I wasn't. I didn't mind working my work. Baby, tiptoeing into my into that area. I'm like, man, I gotta I gotta start with a six. <laughs> I gotta start with a six. I, I'll get to where I'm supposed to go one day, but this is gonna be. a I gotta climb this mountain. You got
1: a ten now.
2: Yeah, I mean, I I do all right. Every you day in life, you know, I, I I try to win every single day. I try to I, I try to win a day, every single day. So the Lord has blessed me. Definitely has blessed me. You know, with, with hard work and all this stuff, and you know, if you sit down and they peep the personality, you know. You, Luck is just on your side. Now you you are more uh, choosy. Oh, no, uh-uh. Like, if, you well, you
1: know, it's not still if they like you, you like them.
2: Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, I'm definitely like, yeah, of course. Like, I would like to be in a relationship. Yeah, of yeah. course. I definitely, it's not like, hey.
1: You're, it's a different world for you now than it was back then.
2: Oh, no, of course. On top of like, yeah, it just is what it is. I mean, I, I, I'm not like, of course, like the person I date is very attractive. I in my mind, I'm like a beautiful woman. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, back in the day, you might, you could have seen me. With a six. Yeah, with yeah, six, but like, I, I, had sh- I had a shallow howl type of personality. So I'm like, damn, she cute to me, shit, because she was a cool-ass person. I'm yeah. like, Evan, what are you doing? Like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying? But <laughs> still, you know, I think, I think that's the beauty of the complexity, like I spoke on before.
1: Yeah, beauty and complexity is important to E.T. He really... Put the emphasis on beauty and complexity.
2: So I want to talk to you about something. I want to talk to you about your um, your low key R and B career. Oh, say what? My my man Wade is alive. Are you gonna drop? Can no. you can you sing for us? I can't sing.
1: What? What's happening? Now,
2: how are you gonna say I a can't
3: thing sing. like that? <laughs> cannot sing. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> I cannot sing. I talk about singers though.
1: <laughs> Only well, you can see Evan's face right now.
2: He can't sing. He just loves R and B. My fault. Yeah, you just love R and B. You know, two
3: thousands. Nothing before that. Really.
1: Like what? Like who's your favorite?
2: I like Chris Brown the best. No, but I know that brings a lot of people upset. We're I'd just talking
1: that. about his musical talents.
2: Tell yeah. the story about what happened in Vegas. Oh, oh yeah, I'm at, I saw Usher. I saw Usher. You so, <laughs> saw Usher. So we're at the Pac- yeah.
3: The yeah was the first like oh, hit I loved that I like, Usher. was on.
1: I her. met Usher in London right. when so I, I lived there. i get a picture.
3: Of He's course. forty. I'm twenty two. It's not like I'm asking some 28-year-old dude for a picture. <laughs> no, He's 40. So
2: we're in the back. What, what fight were we at? It was Triple G Canelo. Yeah, Triple G Canelo. So we're just all hanging out and chilling. So, you know, obviously, the fights are in the early, like the pre-fights are in the early. So people, we had like two hours because pay-per-view had the time off right. or whatever. So we had like two hours. So when we're sitting there, we, we see a bunch of people walking by. So it's like some people are like, oh, this is that person. Oh, that's that person. Yeah. So, you know, I don't really say much. Wade don't really say much. Yeah. So then you just hear Wade Oh shit, that's, that's Usher. Right, so <laughs> right in my head I'm like, yeah, it's like, oh snap, that's Usher. I'm like, Usher. Yeah, that's that's Usher. So he say, like, bro, that's Usher, bro. Yeah. So I turn my head, I look back, I don't see Wade nowhere near uh. me. So I'm like, so I'm basically like, yo, where do you go? So I look over, he's across the way, like talking to Usher. And Usher's a nice guy. I'm like,
1: listen, I get it.
2: You don't know, but so then when he comes back, I'm like, wait, what was that about, man? That's that's my guy. Gee, I love Usher. And he's, what, where you he say he was going at? It's a nomad. He's like, man, he's going to nomad tonight. We should pull up, my like, fam. I am not going. I know. I'm rocking up to on. nomad with Usher, but he, was, he was Usher mad.
1: tough. No, I, def- I, I would def- have said yes. You know what I'm saying? I, I would like, have said yes. I
2: was. I really like
3: Usher. There's a few people that I really liked. I really like Floyd May- Mayweather. Yeah. Roger Federer. I like Roger. I would approach Roger Federer. Yeah, Floyd Mayweather. Okay.
1: Those are the two. And Will Uther.
3: Smith was there. Who? I would have. Would have. But he was kind of just in passing, so I wasn't going to hawk him down. Yeah. Usher would just stand there. <laughs> I
2: wasn't just going to hawk him And down. that's about
3: it. It's kind of like the, the age. I guy, know, I get you it. You know, like, I wouldn't go up to Drake and be like that. I feel like he's just not super iconic for me yet. I get it.
1: And that's he's me. just
3: closer to my, like, age and culture. I think those dudes were all before me. Like, I was... I was like five when yeah. they had music coming out. Like yeah. they were the first people that I ever listened to.
1: It's like it takes you back to your childhood.
3: Yeah, I'm sure if Michael Jackson was there or somebody, this, he would have been running I up there too. I was or Prince I was or somebody would have been there.
2: <laughs> Not saying Usher's that big, but yeah. he'd have been running too.
1: No, I no, I no, for sure. Sure, I,
2: sure, I, I bumped a Bieber one time on an elevator. <laughs> See, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> no, but number. Pete Gange, I thought I went neither. So I'm in Orlando. <laughs> so unless like 2012, we're at the Grand Bohemian Hotel. So I walk up in there, I walk on the elevator. So I'm with Drew Holiday and maybe LaVoy Allen. So when we walk in there, I'm kind of like walking. So I kind of have my back turned. I see like two, two. I feel like seeing a security guard and then like a short white kid with a scully on and then like a jacket on. I'm kind of like, the hell? It's like 97 degrees outside, right? (laughs) So I look back, I'm looking like, oh, like, I don't know what happened. Like, oh shit! It's the beep. Like you know what I'm saying. <laughs> so we turn around. I'm like, "What's up, bro?" He's like, "Nothing, man. Just was just a shack shack's house. Something along those lines." And then our elevator went off. And like when me and Drew, like when we got to our floor, me and Drew hopped off the elevator. I'm like, "Oh my gosh, bro! I like I caught the fever. G you know? like I understand what it is. And like dead ass. Like I couldn't. I can't sit there and be like, you just never know. But I was just kind of like, oh my gosh, it's just just." That's what? the Biebs, and then he went on. You know, this is before, like pre-tattoo Biebs, I think. Yes. Did you lose yourself you. in his eyes? No, hell no. I didn't do none of that. It was just like damn. <laughs> Some like, people got that aura though. Yeah, Yeah, you know, uh, yeah. No,
1: I get it. Yeah. Well, since we're talking about like being starstruck and all that, I, I'm just a question for you guys, and it's closer to you, but you can take me back. Like, what's your your welcome to the NBA moment? Like when you got there, you're like, whoa, this is real. This things have changed. This is legit.
3: Welcome to the NBA moment. It was weird walking in and seeing um, Vince Carter as a teammate.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That would
2: have been crazy. That is
3: crazy. And he's always been really cool with me and helped me with all the stuff. um, You know, I went through with Memphis and all that. I I still talk to him sometimes. And then probably the first time I saw LeBron play, Mm -hmm. I think, um, for one half, I, I think I solely just watched him play. I wasn't even focused. If uh, the coach yeah. had put me in, I would have no idea what was going on. He's like, I, why do
1: you keep guarding LeBron? You're, yeah, I was just you're not, not on him.
3: Yeah, I was just amazed because I never – t- and I said about the, the aura yeah. thing, yeah. I definitely saw that with him and my eyes was kind of just drawn, like, wow, oh, that's that's LeBron there. I'm watching from the bench here.
2: Uh.
1: But he's not as good as Kareem.
2: Nah, not yet. <laughs> I <laughs> think he can be. Nah, I was uh, – I'd say my first game is versus the Heatles. So that was when Brian, and, uh, Brian switched to Miami. So my first game was on my 22nd birthday. Mm-hmm. And Lou Wills' 24th birthday. I was going right? to say Lou Wills' yeah, birthday. Yeah, <laughs> so, um, so, you know, I came off the bench and uh, I remember getting in a game. I just remember, like, wow, like, this is like real. This is like childhood stuff. And then I remember Brian James was giving us our matchups. And he's like, Evan, uh, he's like, Drew, you got, I think Arroyo was the point guard. Drew, you got Arroyo. Somebody had D Wade. Evan, you got LeBron. And in my head, I'm like, <laughs> I think like, what? LeBron, this, <laughs> this soon? I just checked in. And I was like, oh, my gosh. And that was that was one of them. And then when we played, uh, we came out here and played Kobe. Um, Iguodala was hurt. So Jody Meets and myself had the privilege of guarding a 2010 privilege. Kobe. And uh, I remember having like, like I met Kobe like the year before. So he was pretty, you know, he's pretty cool. But I remember before the game. My teammates, like most spaces, like, hey, bro, just make sure when you go out there, don't look him in his eye. You know, he smells blood. Like, just stay focused. Just stay focused on the game because if it come down to it, yeah, he's going to smell blood. Yeah. And you don't want that. You do not want that. So when I check in, he's like, what's up, Rook? How you doing? How's your mile doing? I'm like, oh, she good. She good. You know what I'm saying? She good. So I was guarding him pretty well and everything. And then the fourth quarter hit, and he probably hit, like, five of the craziest shots in my face. And when I came to the bench, I remember kind of like – I remember being pissed. I remember him, you know, smacking me on my ass. I remember a picture of him, like, looking back, smiling. Ugh. And I'm like, like, <laughs> deflated. And I go to bench and Doug Collins usually is, like, you know, a pretty aggressor. You know, right. kind of like, you know, a tough coach, you know. Yeah. He's like, I mean, it's fourth quarter. You can't do it. That's Kobe. It's a fourth quarter. The rim gets bigger. You know, Aaron McKee said the same Kobe. thing. I'm like, bro, no, that don't make no sense. He's like, no, fam, that's Kobe. You know, mm-hmm. and that was kind of like. Those are two of the moments where I was like, "Wow, that's that's dope." Yeah, no, I yeah.
1: Kobe's. I mean, from what everyone says, and it's just such a student was such, well was such a student of the game, and just was yeah. on another level in terms yeah. of the way he approached working out, yeah. taking care of himself. Yeah, the black,
2: blackouts, the blackout workouts. Oh yeah,
1: like it was on yeah. another level. So, let's, I, okay.
2: let's, actually let's go. So a lot of people don't know. Wade, you were you came out of Vanderbilt your second year after your second year at Vanderbilt, you came out. You got drafted to Memphis Grizzlies lottery, right? Seventeen. Seventeen. Yeah. You're still to me. If you at the if you in the green room, that's lottery. They take a mm. picture. The camera follows you. That's lottery. That's <laughs> that's my personal <laughs> opinion. Agreed. So from there, first round pick. I think your story is dope for the standpoint of I guess it could be like the new NBA in a sense. On top of the underlying thing, underlying thing of you know who you are as a person and a competitor of a lot of people could have. Went down a slippery slope, and I think the best thing you tell about a person is how they persevere through things. Mm-hmm. So tell your story about if you don't mind from no, the, you're getting drafted into the NBA, yeah. You because know, I think it's a great story to if you got young guys want to mm-hmm. listen and play basketball and stuff like that. It's a great story awesome to hear. Awesome question.
3: Yeah, I think um, coming into the NBA, being the 17th pick and and all that, I was like every other rookie. High, full of confidence, ready to go to work. Um, aspiring to be a backup behind Mike. As soon as I got there, uh, first workout before summer league and everything, mm-hmm. they had assigned a shooting coach for me. Wanted to change my whole form up. Really? And in college, I was, you know, top five in percentages in the whole SEC for three-point shooting. So I was kind of, you know, like, what you the sure? hell's going on here? <laughs> so, um I came, in, I came in with the stigma that I was uncoachable, which was really upsetting to me because I feel like everybody, anybody who tells me or wants to coach me, I'm very accepting to that. Yeah. I think that immaturity is more the word than uncoachable mm-hmm. because of the way I play. is very fiery, very emotional. It can get the best of me at times, and it did sometimes in college. So to call me emotional is correct. And I mean, if you want to judge a 19, 20 year twenty-year-old kid on being emotional about the game of basketball, that's fine, I guess. But call me that. Don't call me uncoachable. Yeah. So that was kind of the label I had. Transitioning into the shooting thing, I knew that that was already said about me. So for me, in this situation, it was: Are they testing me? Like, do they want to see if Wade will be receptive to what we have planned for him, mm-hmm. or is he going to be? Is he going to be know, coachable? I'm doing, my, I'm doing things my way. Mm-hmm. And I did it. You know, I was I was there, I had every every workout doing all the shooting and it was frustrating, extremely frustrating. I was at the top of the key one time with the GM, head coach, assistant GM, shooting 75 threes. And at a seventy five in the new form I made three. Out of oh, seventy five.
1: Wow. How many would you have made with your old form, you think?
3: At that point I probably would have made around thirty or forty.
2: Yeah, because you're like forty percent shooter. Through right. college, right? Yeah, I was like yeah. 43,
3: 42. Yeah. Wow. A different line. It's a lot further back. But, I mean, open jump shot, I, I mean, I'm definitely going to knock down between 35, 45, 30, right. 40. You know, right. so it's an average. And hit three, man, I like, I just kick the ball because it just, it's just a build up. You get 50, uh-huh. and you're still missing. And it's clank after clank, air ball, clank, clink, clink. And I'm exciting. like, that's that's deep. And I'm sitting here, I'm trying to be backup. And I got all the people that are deciding on whether I'm being a backup or not looking at me like, why do we draft this guy? All those thoughts are going through my head as I'm shooting. And I kick the ball. So right there, I'm already looked at as negative. Transitioning to the season, I play my first game, and I break one of those ESPN statistical records of first player to have five re- plus five rebounds, plus five assists, plus steals and mm-hmm. blocks in a game. So I'm on my high horse and kept going up and down like a rookie season would. And I was sent to the G League and kind of never came back. Going into the summer, into my second year, wanted that back spot again. Thought I did a hell of a job in the summer, in summer league. I actually lost to the Blazers in the summer league semifinals, the only game that I lost there. Good averages, all that. And get a call the last day the rosters are filled. Mm-hmm. and. The GM was talking about the night before saying we're really excited to have Wade um, you know, play big minutes for us and looking for his growth in the season. And then the next morning it was he you know, just saying you're waived.
1: Oh my gosh, Wade.
3: So I had two options at that point. It was enter the G League draft or sign a two a with whatever team's options it were. Mm-hmm. So I had four teams that I chose to could choose from and I chose Portland for some reason. I think um, it really came down to New Orleans or Portland, and I chose Portland. And at that same po- at the same time, the, throughout the whole preseason and training camp, I was actually playing with a broken thumb
1: that I, I didn't remember. know about. I remember. Oh, I remember that.
3: So I would shoot, and there'd be a stretch in my ligament, mm-hmm. and or if I caught a ball a certain way, it would kind of hurt. But I'm the type of person. I'm like, that's whatever to me. Like, right. I am fine through that. And so once I got released. And I got to Portland, you have to do the whole x-rays, the whole body thing, and they found broken thumb and torn ligament in my thumb, so I had to get surgery. They were like, we're not going to sign you to a two-way or anything until your thumb's fixed. Yeah. So I had to spend um, three months, four months in New York just waiting. Ugh. And I actually met up with the team when they played against the Knicks, and mm-hmm. it was it was fine. It was just an awkward situation. Yeah. Like, oh, here's this guy that's like whatever. No one kinda of knew my story or anything. And, uh, and it was probably the lowest point of my life so far. Just the fact I couldn't watch MA basketball. I'd just be too emotional. It's like I get it. I'm like I'm supposed to be there. Mm-hmm. Like and there's nothing I can do about it. And man, by the time I got to Portland, first game, CJ had his fifty points against the Bulls. Three, and, quarters, yeah, right? three quarters, three quarters. <laughs> yeah. And um, uh, Evan actually invited me over to his house. Oh. He said, come over nice. after after the game. Let's chop it up. Boom, boom, boom. And um, right then, I kind of knew. And another time we went to Toronto, Dame, and Dame had asked me, come out to dinner with me and CJ. Nice. So this was a totally different culture of vibe that I felt than from Memphis. Mm-hmm. It was just like inclusive. These guys seemed like they... Maybe they don't care about me, but maybe they're somewhat interested in me. because They want to, yeah. They, they want to. So it made me feel like let me give something back to them. Let me be open and all this. So I remember going to Evan's house, and a former player was grilling me
2: about what happened. So what happened, bro? They <laughs>
3: cut you for no reason. What'd you do? What'd you do? Wade
2: like, was like, nothing. I'm like, <laughs> I oh, no 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 no, oh like no, 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 no. You did something. Huh? And it's like, nothing. Nada- I'm in the background, like. Pointing to my dude, Doja, I'm like, hey, I'm like, bro, dude ain't even sat, I'm like, we ain't even sat down for 10 seconds, and he's on his ass, he's like, so what'd you do? (laughs) Nothing, and he's like, oh, no, you had to do something, he said, nothing, he said, no, bro, you did something, I ain't stupid now, he said, you did something, and I was like, man, this is hilarious, because it's either, (laughs) it's either he did nothing, or he's a hell of a liar, but he is not, (laughs) he is not. He's not letting it go and, and my guy was not letting it go neither. He was like, No, 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 no. you did something now. <laughs> like the whole yeah. thing. I'm like, damn, you barely know him. Like you <laughs> said, that's a personal. But I remember it had me dying laughing.
1: Well, what would you what advice would you have given Wade at that time when someone like a young guy's coaches come in and trying to change their shot? I mean, what what advice would you give to I them? Think, Would um, you have given Wade?
2: I think the biggest thing in regard I remember Aaron McKeefs always tell me from the get go. Especially when I was going through my struggles. He said, no matter what, through thick and thin, is you got to remember who you are. Mm-hmm. Because people might te- like, seem to forget. And, uh, you know, when it comes down to it, you are who you are. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's like, I always take it back to the Lion King thing. Like uh, when Rafiki <laughs> hits Simba. Yeah. And he's trying to tell him something and this and the other. And he's like, you ain't know, like you ain't know who you are. And you're speaking. You know what, mm-hmm. what I'm saying? It's like you're a king. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. when it comes down to it, it's like... You're one of 450 players. You obviously, you know, when it comes down to it, those eyes are definitely tough to get into to break into the NBA. So I think I used to always have a black or white type of black and white type of situation, but Mm -hmm. I feel like it's where the gray area where you you grow in. And I think uh, when it comes down to it, you you always have to be confident, be your own best friend, your own worst, you know, critic. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, when it comes down to it everything's about progression and, and leveling up and you know obviously how you come back the next day I think the Angela Ducksworth says the best grit is what makes people you know special and what continues careers and stuff like that so when you go into the league and he came in like 19 or 20 you know it's a, it's a men's league so you know sometimes if people are outside things or whatnot they might not know how to you know relate to a 20-year-old, yeah. or they might take his energy, which it seems as though when I first mm-hmm. seen him, I like, know he just cares about the game, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying, might take it a little different, but at the same time, you know, I, I think sometimes you, you, the, the biggest thing is knowing your environment, being aware, and, and adapting to that, because sometimes, you know, when somebody else's hand is on a button, it doesn't matter what, what they think, it's what they, they want to think. but. You know, I, I think Wade did what he's supposed to do. He could have went he could have went left or right. I think he, he came into our organization and obviously when you hear about a guy getting cut after being a first round pick, I was kinda of looking like, Well, what could it be? You know what I'm yeah. saying? Or what could it be? And, you know, I didn't I didn't see anything off the wall besides like you said, he's a, a, you know, emotional competitor. And, you know, as you get older. it's a good thing. No, no, of, of course. And once you get more experience, and as you get older, and if you can see this dude's at the gym eight hours a day, he really wants it bad. It's how you channel it. Yeah. And it comes from experience, for one, leadership and coaching, on well, how to positively channel it. Mm-hmm. And you you can flip ways and it can go from a, you know, it can go from a crazy way and where it might not be great to going back to being everything you wanted to be, like, like the Derrick Rose situation, you know what I'm saying? A couple of years he was down for a while, and now he's back on possible all-star, 50-point mm-hmm. game, and yeah. it's resurgence. And I think that – I think as a pro or as anybody in life, you just got to keep swinging until you get a hit and you ride that wave. You know what I'm saying? And I think –
3: Another tough thing for,
2: for me was how alone
3: I was off the court. Yeah, for sure. Um, coming out of college um, all my friends are still in college they literally just graduated I still have friends there in college going to work every day being around those guys at 20 being rooked or whatever you want to call it and then coming home to nothing yeah uh, my mom did live with me in in Memphis she lives you know 10 minutes away but at the same time I'm I'm feeling like I'm a man I'm feel prideful with myself I don't need uh-huh. my mom anymore yeah. like I'm gonna handle this on my own but you
1: probably did
3: I was happy that she was there for sure and it was just tough coming home you know every day to my own thoughts right uh, you know I'm just like I mean I, I kid you not my workouts for the entire time that I was part with Memphis was 15 foot form jump shots around the horn no dribbling no pick and roll No, nothing. Your mind must
1: have been – I mean, that's a mind act. Oh,
3: no, absolutely. No, for sure. My reps were the G League games or the NBA games to figure it out, which I took as a challenge for the longest time. But, you know, you start peeking over and seeing how other rookies and your you know contemporaries are rocking. It's Mm kind of like if I had that, I mean, I'd be straight. But, you know, that wasn't the case for me. So I continue to fight. I'm still in a position where I'm – continuing to fight mm-hmm. and, and see what happens with it <laughs> so
1: why I've, first of all thank you for sharing that i mean that's yeah. we all go through stuff all in right, our lives yeah, yeah no, that, a was, story, that yeah. was a great it's a great story because like you mentioned et like it you, you persevere right and mm-hmm. you, what's supposed to come to you will come to you so i guess my question is why now on the flip side turning it positive why is portland the right place for you
3: why is it the right place for me i think it's because the surrounding cast i think it's very important that you're in a good working environment and you have people that teammates that believe in you. I think back to last year I didn't play at all, at all, at all, at all. And something cracked. Dame had his son. And Thank you, it was Jr. on my yeah, yeah. And I, yeah. And I and I told yeah. Dame, I said, Man, I whenever whatever gift I can give your son on, on our birthday, like he's yeah. born on March twenty ninth, like
1: Oh, you uh, same as yours? Same as mine.
3: Stop. That's, that's so right, it was, it was like, your birthday. It was like oh a my crazy gosh. coincidence. I get to play against you know, the Grizzlies team. after just being cut. Yeah. yeah. And then I get to play against Houston, who was, was like the best team in the league. Yes. And, yeah. man, I think I did a hell of a job or the did. best that I, no, that I could job. do. And I think a lot of it was just having the support of the entire coaching staff and player. I, I remember going for an one in Memphis, and the entire bench gets up to try to help me up. Yeah. You know, or I'm guarding James or Chris. and everybody's cheering me on i mean like that camaraderie is almost like collegiate mm-hmm. yeah. and sometimes in the old organization mm-hmm. i didn't find that it was kind of like all right good job bro yeah whatever it's I'm like, damn i'm trying to yeah. I should, that should be me yeah. but now like i'm not playing at all but i'm happy as hell my my dad came and visited for two weeks and had nothing to say but great things about, i mean you're he, he likes to say Evan's the reason why we're playing so well right now.
1: I, 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 I totally agree.
3: And, right. you know, we're that's talking. just where mm-hmm. – and, and I agree with that.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Now, Evan is somebody who, you know, I would love to play with what Evan's doing right now, but mm-hmm. he's a good guy, he's doing the right things, and his team is winning.
1: He support each other.
3: And right. I can be selfish, and I think when I if I chose to be that, I wouldn't really be here. So yeah. I'm going to continue to be a good teammate. And when my time yeah. comes, or somebody goes down, yeah. hopefully not, or – yeah. Whatever coach decides to put me in, I mean, it's just the next guy up. Yeah. I'm it's crying funny. right
1: now, by the way, everyone at home. I'm <laughs> no, crying. No, like, so this je- is like the, honestly, that's, no, I not, love this story. No, it's so
2: legit. We joke around a like, lot. And I said the other day, like, a lot of times you enter the NBA, and obviously people don't comprehend. And sometimes media, they might come from writing about lacrosse and they just only care about, you know what I'm saying, certain <laughs> type of stories. But a lot of times it's important when you get a chance to tell your own story because. Mm-hmm. If we can resort it back to high school, you got a bunch of nerds talking about the cool kid, and it's like you forget, or, you know, that star athlete, you forget who you're talking to, and they just say whatever about you. And it's like you really have to tell your own story more so and put it out there as opposed to sometimes being mute on it because yeah. that's, a, that's the biggest thing. And I, you know, seen a weight or whatever else, I, I thought that was a big part for him to tell his story because... No, I'm so glad. Some people either might not know, might only read the headline of it and make a... Stereotype, mm-hmm. or sometimes just, just in general, just, you know, might not care in a sense, but it's like, all right, that's that's, that's something you learn from. So I really think that mm-hmm. you know, Wade's story, Wade's situation, and how he's developing as an individual, as a man, has definitely, yeah. it's definitely gone, oh yeah, yeah fair for him well. So yeah, yep. my,
3: my biggest frustration in, in in the NBA so far is being labeled as, you know, uncoachable and attitude, because I swear that's not where that's that's just not what I am at all. And it's just frustrating that, you know, that's what's said about me.
0: Yeah. Well, you're
1: I re- rewriting it. it right now.
3: Yeah. Hopefully so. But I think that I just play with such a – and I approach basketball with such a, a passion, a love, mm. that I want to go so hard for the other guy. I, I tell my parents all the time, my mentality on this basketball thing is to go as hard as I can to just build generational wealth. I always thought it was cool as hell that – the Gates family is set for the rest of their life mm-hmm. and that they're good and that's kinda why I play is for others and even when I'm on the court, I love getting guys involved and then myself. I'll start mm-hmm. out with passing it, passing and passing it, defending as hard as I can mm-hmm. and then it's my turn. Mm-hmm. Putting people before me so it's just frustrating when the, the script is the other way around mm-hmm. and he cares about himself and mm-hmm. he's emotional and he can't be coached and it's like, yeah. dude, come on man, like, no, I mean, that ain't it. Yeah, I mean,
2: I kind of got, when I left the Pacers for whatever reason, I got the rep as a bad locker room guy as well. And I kind of was like, that's... I will
1: say I was there and you weren't, but I remember yeah, that going on. Yeah, around.
2: so whatever hit the fan for them not playing well mm-hmm. or like the trade not working out or whatever else, a lot of, large part hit, hit me, you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? So when it came down to it, it's like, come on, bro, now I get a reputation as a bad locker room dude. Mm-hmm. So now it's attacking my character, you know what I'm saying? So when it came down to it, I remember leaving that situation really frustrated, really angry. My aunt said something. She said, you know, God has a way with dealing with people that mistreat his angels, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, not to, you know, so she said, you know, as long as you keep your faith and you stay the same way, everything's going to work out, which it did. And she said, you don't be angry. Don't wish anything negative upon that person or these people. But it will all pan out the way it's supposed to pan out. And that's, you know, I went on and play in Boston and be able to, you know, reconcile my career. And during that time, Pacers, whatever happened with them, happened with them, you know what I'm saying? And, you know, same thing with Grizzlies. Grizzlies are a like, great organization everything else like that. But, you know, sometimes stuff's going to bounce itself out. What uh When you, when you mentioned, uh, you know, Russell Westbrook, I had to think about, because a lot of people talk about Russell Westbrook and, like, you know, it was early on, Russell Westbrook, Steph Curry, and all these dudes. Were you ever a Derrick Rose fan? Because you both are like 6'2". You both have crazy athleticism. Um, and what do you think he's doing now?
3: I like Derrick Rose. I wouldn't put him over Westbrook. Oh. Even when he had his It's always, his always competition paid. with you, isn't it? Yeah, i <laughs> played 22. <laughs> no, I respect everything about Derrick Rose. And I actually saw him when we played in um, – when they came to Portland. And I ran into him in the hallway. And I don't know him from anything. He doesn't know me from anything. I'm, and I just said, man, I – Congratulations! I'm I'm happy for you. Cool. Cause um man, he's had a hell of a a hell of a career. It's that those are like the true pros to me. Those are like the the toughest people to me that can you know go through that and and still bounce back. But man, I always liked Westbrook. Yeah. So like it's back, I, it's back like, to Westbrook. I, I don't know
2: man. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It if if we were to argue uh, in, people, if we same. were to argue, right? Yeah. If we were to argue in the locker room. Okay, we us like pretend we're let's let's It'd argue. Be like this. I'm
3: facing you. I rock with Westbrook. You why? That's- D Rose was two thousand MVP. He was so okay.
2: That's so, fine. All right, so think about the point. What
3: does this got to do with who
2: I want to who I want to rock with? Yeah, but what you're saying is like, but at that time when D Rose was rocking, he's like, what is it year three in the lead for him, basically? So mm-hmm. you gotta think. So think about all the top point guards that were still somewhat like in their prime. Like you still had D Will, Chris mm-hmm. Paul was still rocking, Rondo was still unreal. You had big really shots, like Chauncey, Boop Boop Boop, Billups, like all. You know what I'm saying? Sure. Like, Derek Fisher is still – Derek Fisher is still getting on you defensively. Steve Nash is still trying to rock. You have a lot of good guards. D-Rose is 22 years old. So, when you break it down, I ain't saying, like, Steph and, like, Russ and them were, like, small fries because they weren't by any means. But, like, they were talking with him, like, them. Like, he, he wasn't in the group with Russ and, and Steph. He wasn't? No, he was with the with – with, with, with the OG, with the yeah, with the, he was MVP. Yeah, he's with I'm, the OGs. I'm Well aware. <laughs> so, well so, aware so you're saying that. how he played, like bro, dude was six one dunking on seven footers. I liked what I saw.
3: I just like Westbrook. I Like, <laughs> this is such a problem with people that I can't have my own opinion. <laughs> like, I'm against it. the grain. I'm not. I'm not knocking Derrick Rose. He was a dog. But I rock Russ your guy. Westbrook, man. I just, I always liked him. For some, for whatever reason, I just, I've always liked him. Love that when he went to the finals in what year was that? 2013. Yeah, it was 2012. Yeah, I think he had like a 40 something game in the closeout game six or whatever it was. Or that game stuck out to me for real. Then that he kept going. He may have messed up a lot, of, and but he, his effort never changed. And that's what I really liked about him. D Rose is cool, man. I, I rock with D Rose. Right. It's always been tough. Yeah.
1: Well, finally, so we'll, we'll wrap up here. But y- you love Russ. We've got that's a fact. We know this. <laughs> but obviously, you knew this guy, and I'm nodding over to Evan Turner. Um, mm-hmm. Growing up, were you a fan of his? He's I was younger, too
3: young. I I liked him in college. After college, I didn't know too much about him until I I got get to that probably. all the time. I always get
2: that yeah. backhanded. Well, you're,
1: compliment. I mean, you were like, fan, you're still yeah, fantastic, but uh, like no, college, no, you were no. like, I always get
2: that backhanded compliment. Like, E.T., what up? Yeah, I rock with you at Ohio State. I'm damn. <laughs> no, I'm going to be honest. I've been home for like. I knew about and, Evan Turner, right? Yeah, was, the only thing I. Knew, I should, do not bring that story. What story are you talking nah, about? No, the
3: only thing I know oh, about Evan Turner is yeah. this college, I was like, yo, he's nice. And then there was like, boy, out of Arizona, kind of like Derek Williams, that. Was like not him, but was kind of him. Et was way better, and then it was like D Wade crossing him up in the playoffs. Yeah, but I crossed D Wade up my first. <laughs> well, see, game. See, I don't remember that
2: all that. <laughs> no, I crossed. <laughs> I remember no, that.
3: You I, remember what you remember? I remember the right baseline. Come here. Oh, that was. Shot.
2: Yo, so low key, I remember when. So I remember and when in when Portland. It, <laughs> no, <just> like, <laughs> that's Et. No, so I remember. So I remember actually my first game I crossed D Wade up or whatever. wasn't as crazy as what he did to me. But I remember being like, yo, for, when he did the move, he kind of pushed off. I'm like, why is everybody going so crazy? It wasn't a crazy move. And when I seen the replay, I'm like, whoa, that, none of that happened in my head. I <laughs> <laughs> like, the cross-up it was like, yoink, yoink. And then I'm like, of course he would hit the shot. Like, you know what I'm saying? But, <laughs> now, I remember that move, too, because it, it was shocking to me. Because I was like, why is everybody going so crazy? Like, legit in my head, that move did not happen how it panned out to happen, yeah. in my personal opinion. But that was a great move. D-Way was... I'm real. Yeah. It's so you right. went
1: from loving him in college. And then there was like a blackout period for a while. A and now period. you're back loving you. At one year. point yeah. I was
2: like the most hated dude walking this earth for real, for real. <laughs> <laughs> I dead true. To go to Philadelphia. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I'm telling you. At one point I was like. The Philly fans are ruthless though. They yeah. are. I was like hella, yeah. I was hella hated. Like you know what I'm saying? Like even, even during that time where I could like, I had like hella game winners. I think I saw a stat which is funny as hell. I'm so I think MB it was like M B starts the first twelve games of the season with twenty plus points. It's the first time that it, it's happened since two thousand thirteen fourteen. Mm-hmm. Evan Turner. So my head, I'm like, damn, I you know, what I'm saying <laughs> like, damn, yeah. I did that. <laughs> I was good there. Uh, no, I, mean, would, I was just like, man, that, that can't be right. Then I had to look at it again. Like, what? Like, there's no way because you would never you would never guess because during that time period, which when it comes down to it, like I say. In the grand scheme of things, you always have to, which I'm learning better and better every day, is stay in a moment. And, you know, believe in like a bigger picture because I would listen to outside crowd or outside yeah. noise, and I would look back on things where I would do some things great or it'd be a great building block on. But I'd be, I would feel pressure, sure, because it wasn't as good as what people said, even though just getting to the point or getting get, arriving when I needed to arrive. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Yep. So that was that was the point of it, but that was during that time, I, I don't think I even knew where I was at once I went from Philly to Indy. Yeah. <laughs> you know no, yeah that saying? was, yeah.
1: that was a crazy time for you. And yeah. then, but then you kind of settled in Boston and, you and were, I you're, you're beloved to
2: that paper, <laughs> walked into that cake. And now I'm sitting like a fat cat.
1: <laughs> That's kind of the perfect place to end.
2: Yeah, <laughs> sure.
1: You guys, thank you so much. Honestly, Wade, thanks for sh- for sharing that story. That was really meaningful. And everything you say, ET, is meaningful as well. Duh. You fat cat. <laughs>
2: thanks for, thanks for having, uh, jumping on a podcast way for the yeah, first yeah. ever so when you sign a new deal and you get all defensive team all that great stuff we can say we, we had you here
1: yeah don't forget us okay
2: no, I won't man no. <laughs>
1: <laughs> alright thanks guys so much and we'll see you next time on Road Tripping.
0: Hey, Road Trippin' fans, don't forget, we're working with a t-shirt company that you may have seen around, Homage. They're the ones that are responsible for LeBron's Ultimate Warrior shirt and many of the college designs you see on tees. As they pay homage to great moments in sports and inspiring stories, go check out their NBA jam tees at homage.com. You're sure to be inspired and we'll get a kick out of their special design for Richard and Channing, along with three other designs specific to the Road Trippin' fan. Get them while they're still in stock at homage.com.